0: Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, a podcast about everything you need to know about teens. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we speak teenager. Uh, did we also mention that we're best friends? We've worked as admission officers, prep school administrators, and most importantly, have coached thousands of teens. In other words, we have seen it all. So join
1: us every week as we give you the lowdown on all the shit your teenager isn't telling you. Because trust us, there's a lot of it. And if you don't know what to do with the teenagers in your life, don't worry. We've got your back.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to yet another episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. And today's topic is about decision making and agency and kind of why it's important to let your children, especially high school age children, Make decisions, but then also like what, what kinds of decisions should they make? Because a lot of times, left to their own devices, they're going to want to make some funky decisions that you don't. Yeah,
1: like what what, what types? types? Where can you let your children exercise their independent thinking, decision making, right? And agency. where and agency and where should you really be like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you get to make that decision because I'm your you're a child and I'm your mom and I'm an
0: adult. Yeah. So I think, let's tackle it. Let's tackle it. Let's get into it. Why is it important? Why could it be important for students to make some decisions as they get older and to have greater agency or sense of greater agency? Well, I would say at a very fundamental and basic level, decision making is an aspect of life and is a skill like anything else. And so how to learn to make good decisions Mm -hmm. requires practice. Mm -hmm. making decisions. Mm -hmm. You can't Mm -hmm. become someone who's good at making decisions without practicing. And so part of it is we just need to give young people, especially when they're at home and they're sort of safer containers and the decisions are a little bit more lower stakes, like do I take this math class or that math class? we get an opportunity to practice. They got the training wheels on
1: still, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're here, we are the training wheels. We're helping them, we're supporting them and helping them make good decisions for themselves, providing them, helping them figure out what information they need to make those decisions. Right. right? And what I see a lot in our practice is parents saying, "Well, we can't let them make that decision because it's too high stakes." Yeah. Because if it goes badly, it it matters. Right. It matters on what if they choose this class and they can't get a good grade in this class. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's on the permanent transcript and that affects their college decision. So we see a lot of that. I don't know. Do you, Meredith, see a lot of that? No, never.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's not just me, right? Of course. I mean, I think so this brings us to kind of categories to me. I think that and I want to be clear, I think for the purposes of this conversation, I'm mostly thinking of the vast majority of students I'm thinking about are in high school. Yes, and certainly definitely. age influences what we're going to say, other factors influence what we're going to say. But I believe that it is important for students to own and be the author of their academic journey and to feel like they have a say in how that unfolds, in what classes they choose, in what co-curricular activities they participate in, when they are not allowed to make decisions about that. I'm not saying they make decisions blindly or without mm-hmm. consultation or that their their choices are never vetoed by some higher purpose that they can't yet see because they don't have the maturity to see it. Yep. I'm just saying they need to be included in these decisions. And ideally, we need to allow them to make a lot of them. So when you're thinking about when your child is confronted from sophomore year to junior year, which classes to take, and they're saying, I don't want to take any rigorous curriculum. Okay, I would probably push back on that, right? And I would say, why? Help me understand more. You were able to be really successful your sophomore year in these three AP classes. Why wouldn't you want to take any your junior year? Let's understand the pros and cons of making that choice. Or the reverse, I hear too. Or the reverse, right? Or I I want to take five AP classes and I have not demonstrated an academic ability to sort of hack it at that level of rigor.
1: Right. Or even like I had a kid this year whose parent was like, he's taking two and I'm not sure he's ready for that. (laughs) Right. Right. Like I'm really worried because I don't know, those books that he was supposed to read for that honors advanced class, they're still sitting on the table. I don't think they've been cracked yet. Right. And school's starting in two weeks. So there's a but variety of I think situations. the point is
0: they are the ones going to school day in and day out. That's right. They need to feel like they have some scope of influence over the courses. And so you need to engage, it's important to engage them in those conversations. I think the same is true for how they spend their free time. If they say to you, Mom, I want to spend my entire Saturday and Sunday playing video games, should you allow them to make that decision? No. <laughs> but if they say, I actually am kind of tired of playing baseball and here are my reasons why – and instead, I really want to join the jazz band. Seems really fun. I like that the kids are are in there. Mm-hmm. Like, And I know it's my junior year, but maybe we allow that. You know, if they have good reasons, if you're asking hard questions and they're able to answer them. You know, anything to me that's a safety issue. Same. You got to like, that's a harder sell. But I will give an example. I had a student I was working with last year who's was a sophomore. Right? Sophomore or junior? Sophomore. Who's no, I'm sorry. He was a junior. Whose curfew was 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. and all his friends' curfew was 11 p.m. or later. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of an outlier in his friend group, and it often meant that he had to like leave things in a conspicuous way, and it made him feel awkward. And I had met with the mom, and she was sort of talking about this argument they had gotten into about the curfew, and then how he was really behaving sort of immaturely and talking to his mom and dad about extending his curfew. And then I met with him a couple of days later, and I said, Hey, I had this conversation with your mom, and this is like how what she said. And I said, <laughs> I was really blunt with him because he and I have a pretty good relationship. I was like, did you have like a little tantrum when you talked to them about your curfew? And he was like, yeah, I kind of did. I was like, tell me what you did and how you approached it. He's like, and so he told me. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're lucky your t- your curfew didn't go to like 9 p.m. If that's how I was like, listen, if this is your goal, you need to come correct and prove that you have the maturity to handle this different choice. Mm-hmm. So we talked about that. And eventually he did get his curfew extended. But so for me, it's all about... Helping children think through pros and cons, costs and benefits, helping them learn how to weigh out different factors in their mind so that they can arrive at good decisions.
1: Right. And with this kid that I was talking to where I was like, okay, I didn't come to the meeting being like, hey, your parents are concerned that you can't do this. Mm -hmm. These hard classes this year. I was kind of like, well, talk to me about your decision. Like, Mm -hmm. how did you come to this decision? Do you actually really enjoy reading and writing? Because it's Mm going to require a lot of that. Are you slow? Are you fast? Like, how would you Mm -hmm. gauge how quickly you're able to read and analyze texts? Mm -hmm. Do you enjoy writing research papers? Do you like making arguments? And are you capable of finding evidence? And are you good at annotating? Like, these are the classes that... Annotating, (laughs) basically I'm like, I don't annotate. I'm like, okay, well, so we just talk through like what it actually might look like. And I think maybe coming from me, somebody who's coming with a school background versus their parents who like don't necessarily haven't taken that class since they were in high school. Right. It's a little bit different that I was able to engage in that conversation. So I didn't walk away from that conversation being like, this is what I want you to do. I was just like, if it was my decision to make, these are some of the things that I would be thinking about, thinking about, and noticing. Yeah, right. Like when school starts, because every kid has a drop ad period. Right. Mm-hmm. It's oftentimes too early for kids to really get a sense of what totally. the class is like. But I was like, it does give you a little bit of information, a little bit more runway. To figure out whether or not this is the right decision for you. But Mm -hmm. let's let's actually pull up the course description. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's look at it. What does it say? What are the expectations? How many papers will you be writing? Yeah.
0: And evaluate in the context of the other things you have going on. Right.
1: Because a lot of kids are making decisions, let's be honest, because of their friends.
0: Right. So they hear from a friend,
1: oh my God, this class was so easy. You should totally take it. This teacher was awesome. Or they hear like, oh my God, this class was impossible. Don't ever take this class. Don't take this teacher. Right, totally. so so much of their core scheduling stuff is is determined by through the the teenage grapevine, which is yeah. not always the most reliable source of information. But as adults, I think that our job is to help kids clarify that, right, and go advocate for themselves, ask questions, go talk to your school counselor, try to meet with a teacher, like get a really good understanding of how to make this decision for you, and it goes so much better. Right. Yeah. Why do we want kids to do this? Because it just goes so much better when the decision is theirs. Right. Even if you have an agenda at the back of your mind. Yeah. Like, I'm really okay. hoping. <laughs> 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 your your best chance is actually not sharing that agenda <laughs> because your kid's probably going to be like, oh, you don't want me to do that? Forget it. I'm digging my heels and I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And so a lot of times, and the reason why as coaches – Even kids look to us for advice, right? Because we are coaching them. all the time. So they'll just be like, can you just tell me what I should do? And most of the time, I actually won't tell them, right? It's very rare. And they get annoyed. Like, my kid is like, "Uh, isn't it your job to tell me what to do? (laughs) And I'm like, no, my job is absolutely not to tell you what to do. My job is to help you make good decisions for yourself. So let's look at this problem and try to come up with different scenarios to help you think of how to make the best decision. So... And the reason we do that is because it just goes so much better when kids – when the decision comes from the student, they will work harder. Yep. They will be more invested. Yep. They will get more out of it. Right? The benefits are tenfold when the kid actually comes to the decision themselves. But Kathy, they'll
0: thank me later. They'll thank me later (laughs) that I made them do – AP, Calc BC, oh, I mean. and this is what they need because they have to get in. These are the schools that they're looking at, and we all know. And I went; we just came back from visiting so and so, and they told us that all their kids have calculus by the time they're juniors. So they can't yeah. afford not to take this class.
1: Mm, I've never heard that before, Meredith. Okay,
0: you're really—you
1: are just channeling. I'm good at that. <laughs> I wonder why you're good at that. No, it's – you're just channeling, right? And and I get the apparent parental anxiety around all of that. Yeah. But the reality is a lot of times when kids are pushed into something that feels like non-negotiable, like you have to take this AP class. Yeah. Or you, you have, have to take – Stick with this sport. Right. You have to. You can't drop this because it's going to show like – you're going to look like a flake. Most of the times, it makes them miserable. Most of the times, they actually end up being less successful at the thing you're hoping they'll be successful at. And yeah. what I see as the long term effect of that is a deterioration of their mental health and their well being and the relationship with you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody, because they're not well, right? They start. I mean, there's all sorts of terrible behaviors that you start yeah. seeing. And we see withdrawing, that a lot, right? yeah. They're withdrawing. They're avoiding self
0: sabotage. Yep.
1: So I know we're making
0: it sound really scary, <laughs> but I think it's but, real. Yeah, I, mean, I think you it's... have to start appreciating developmentally. I think where adolescents are, it's yeah. appropriate developmentally to be sort of letting in more slack in the line as they age, and it's going to mean, like, for most of us, right we have to learn how to make good decisions through trial and error. And some of the decisions that they're going to make are going to be really good and others are, are not, but I think it's helping them come up with some kind of rubric, some kind of framework or filtration system to run different factors through to help them arrive at a balanced, rational, reasoned course of action. But when it's done for them, not only are they not developing their own sense of identity because their identity is being constructed by external forces that are not their own. And that's like bad. They're... To put it simply. To put it simply, the mental health impacts are, are real. They're absolutely real. They're very real. And moreover, you know, you talked about sort of wanting to help kids make good decisions. It's just such a fundamental skill. Like... Okay, it's, I don't know what time it is. It's like early afternoon here on a Sunday. How many decisions did we have to make today so far? We had to decide on which episodes we were going to do and how we were going to What we them. were going to eat for lunch. The most, most important decision, decision of all. What you were going to buy at the farmer's market. <laughs>
1: <laughs> strawberries or peaches? Hmm,
0: strawberries. Strawberries one. Mm-hmm. I would have gone with peaches, but it's fine. We have to make decisions all the time in life. And so yep. it's not about. And it's a skill. It's a skill. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a skill like you remembering how you taught your kids to brush their teeth. Because you knew that in the course of their lifespan, like, they got to know how to brush their teeth because it's pretty important to their overall health. This is no different.
1: Yeah, and I think where parents get stuck is that they see their kid making the wrong decision over and over again. And they're like, you know what? We're letting them make decisions. And it's not working because there are a lot of bad decisions being made. And we keep seeing it over and over again, which I – totally understand as a parent and for us as coaches, when we see kids making, doing the same things over and over again that are not good for them. Yeah. It's really frustrating, right? You know that being on a device for this many hours a day Mm -hmm. is detrimental to your well-being and your mental health, especially kind of with what you're dealing with right now. So how do I, as a parent step in and say, at what point, and I think this is a safety issue. Like when you, like safety, we're not talking about like imminent danger, but like, Do I think this is going to be detrimental to your long-term? Holistic well-being, right?
0: right? Like, it's not good for you to spend the entire weekend inside playing video games, dot, dot, dot. Why? Okay, well, because you need to have physical activity. We need to have good nutrition. We need to have good sleep. We need to have just these foundational aspects of health. Anything that starts to bump up against that, you got to intervene. And I think, again, I, I can't stress enough that when you are watching your child's decision train wreck happening over and over and over again, I mean, I would let it maybe happen once or twice, but there needs to be reflection. Help your child learn mm-hmm. how to critically self-evaluate their decisions. Hey, let's talk about what just happened last weekend. We had talked about that decision. You had sort of convinced me that you were ready to stay out that late and that you were going to be in good communication with me. And then curfew came and went and we were really worried because you we hadn't heard from you. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay, right? So first of all, if it's a violation of a home rule, like a rule in your house, there should be a natural consequence to that. Mm-hmm. You don't get to go out this weekend or whatever. Or you're showing us that you're not mature enough to drive your sister to school because you keep getting going to school late. I have a student like that who's like cannot get his ass to school <laughs> on time to I save his too. life. I'm like, you live literally six minutes away from school. And that's oftentimes the problem. That's the problem. He's too close <laughs> to be too close. Yeah. You're too close to school. <laughs> <You're> um <laughs> and he wanted a car.
1: And he was all... So uh, responsible. I'm ready to
0: give you a car. He was all uppity about (laughs) the resistance he got from his parents. And I said, I wouldn't give you a car either. I said, what have you done to prove that you are mature enough to handle this? Right. And so we talked about it. But, like, again, try to bring... You know, assuming it's not a, a super serious thing. I brought a lot of levity to that conversation. And bring humor. But bring... That can help with kids a lot. Don't bring shaming. How could you have made that decision?
1: But instead, Curiosity. we're so disappointed in you. We're so disappointed. Oh, that it cuts. It cuts. It's, and it's hard to get kids to engage a conversation that starts like
0: that. I would change. I mean, let's say you are disappointed. Yeah. I would shift language. I would say, I feel disappointed. I yes. feel. I feel scared. To yeah. Have what's the you, impact like, of your behavior? Like, help your child understand their behavior is not happening in a vacuum. It impacts people around them. Are there any sort of... Other places where you would say parents should not allow child a child to kind of make the judgment call? Yeah, I mean, I think... Many, probably.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've talked about this on another episode, I know, but a kid who was like... Actually, Andy and I were talking about... Andy is one of our old coaches and his junior son, this was during COVID, junior son came and said, so-and-so's parents are going to let us use their cabin and we're just going to go for a weekend. <laughs> 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 With no parental permission. Oh, announcing it? Yeah. Oh. Like, will that be okay? Like, we can just all go do that, right? Uh, and it was like couples. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was couples. It was it co ed, not just like a bunch of boys or a bunch of girls. Okay. It was co ed. Andy was like, Negative. no, you can't do that. Yeah. And his mom, actually, Andy's wife came in and said, to their son, who knows me because he goes to the school I used to work at, and I actually taught him in sex ed, and all of his his entire class, a freshman, I have taught in sex ed. <laughs> they were like, "Sure, um, if we can get Kathy Chen to come chaperone the weekend with you guys, you guys can go." <laughs> That's amazing. Like that was the compromise. Face fall, <laughs> and they were all like, "Forget it. We don't. Never mind. Get it. We're, Never we're mind. good." <laughs> They're like, we could pay Kathy just that weekend, and she could go with you guys. Right. So we don't
0: want you, like, there's a difference between (laughs) allowing your kid to have agency over certain important parts of their life, like their academic journey, their extracurricular journey, and letting them negotiate everything with you. Like, not everything is a negotiation. Again, bring it back to values of your house. What rules do you have in the home? And stick to those That's Right, part. and just like what we no. think, what kind it's of okay. responsibility do we think we're, you're ready for? You can actually not dem-
1: Like, actually, their son is super trustworthy, and mm-hmm. they actually they're like, he's a good kid. Like, we're, we're pretty, we feel, but that's you can't just not other kids, right? And then they were kind of like, but is that the family we're trying to be? Like, no, <laughs> right? Like that right. kind of permissiveness. Like, I don't want to. People to think that that's one of our values, right? Right. Like that's not how we go about this world. And I think that conversation was really helpful. And their son was fine. They were like, he was like, yeah, I get it. (laughs) Right? He was mature enough to be like, yeah, I know it was a stretch. Thank (laughs) you for not asking Kathy Chen to come chaperone the weekend. It's fine.
0: We won't go. (laughs) I would have like run with that. I would have like. I used to mess with students at Branson. Oh, me too. So, so much. much. I'd be like, oh, I heard what you did this week. What would you hear? What, what happened? You know, like parents would call me and they'd like gotten into some big fight because they of done yeah, yeah, something yeah. dumb. You know, they like drank at a party or something. I was like, oh, I heard about oh, you. You had a good weekend, huh? I heard you had a, had a lot of fun this weekend. Exactly. They're like, And you anyway, could just see them like searching their brains like, wait, which part of my weekend do <laughs> I think it my it parents have told her about? I love it. I love it. So, yeah, I mean. What else do we need to talk about agency? Well, I want to I want to bring up this
1: one one instance, actually. It was very interesting. Okay, so this case, it's I'm ready. two students. It's a great, very interesting case study. Okay, here. I'm ready. Okay, so okay. I got this kid, two which students. I probably talked about already, who was a boy and he was kind of young and immature, ADHD, really, really big procrastinator, really, and still struggles with it. Let's be clear. It's not been fixed overnight. And I was like, you should really do Outward Bound. You all who have been listening to our episodes will yeah. maybe remember this story. And I was like, I think you should do Outward Bound. It would be so good for you. And he was like, no, 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 I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'll never do it. It's the worst thing ever. I hate it. I don't want to do it. I hate you. Why would you even tell my parents to, to send me to such a thing? It's absolutely awful. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward, this was like two years ago. Fast forward, I haven't seen him for about six months. Okay. okay. So he's he, coached, he comes to see me occasionally. I don't coach him regularly anymore. So I haven't seen him in about six months. He comes after summer. He's like, hey, I would love to check in with you before the new school year starts. He's about to be a sophomore. And he goes, I was what you do this summer. He's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do this. Summer. And then he went, and I did Outward Bound. I'm like, what? <laughs> Literally, my head almost fell off. Fell I was off like, next. What? He's like, yeah, I decided I wanted to go. I was like, you decided you wanted okay. to go? In my mind, I literally exploded. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Did he like it? Oh, and okay. he was like, it was pretty fun. If these <laughs> don't He's like, like, and he then he started saying all the terrible things. Well, let's be clear. He complained about his wet socks and this thing and that yeah. thing and how it was really high was really uncomfortable yeah. and all of this. That's kind of the point. He's like, and you know, and our guides were kind of lame sometimes, blah, 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 whatever, teenager yeah, complaining yeah, yeah. stuff. But he was like, but it was pretty fun and it was hard. Yeah. But, it, you know, I did it and it was, it was pretty good. Like, I'm glad yeah. I did it. And I was like, who are you? Okay. First of all. And then this kid comes to my office. He's so much more mature, calm, relaxed, Okay. open to feedback than okay. he's ever been. He used to be very oppositional, like yeah, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. So he's just matured a lot. And I yeah. think part of that is just getting older, the natural sure. natural maturity process. But the fact that he chose – and his parents didn't push him. They were like, okay, we really think you should go. We're not going to push it too hard. But it's got to be his choice, right? And so he did finally choose to go. And then I got this other kid, <laughs> about the same age actually, whose parents actually forced him to go. Mm. And – not good. I was like, ooh. I was like, what did your parents? I was like, dang, savage. <laughs> I was like, damn, your parents are. <laughs> I, I was like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, <laughs> sleeping Totally. I no was week. like, exactly. And I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of your parents. I- His parents are so nice, but I was just like, damn, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. And we were talking about it. And I was like, I know that because you were forced to go, you're not even going to admit, your- admit to yourself. That That you enjoyed it? (laughs) Yeah. That there was anything positive about this experience? He's like, exactly. Because he was mad, right? He's still mad. Yeah. And it might be a you'll thank me later thing, right? Like down the road, he might actually come back and be like, you know what? That was actually when he gets more distance and space from the experience. Maybe he'll come back and be like, maybe it would have been nice. I am a fan of coercion, actually. (laughs) To be honest. A sentence. I'm a little bit of a fan of coercion. Like, I like to pose
0: options to students. Does it have to be... Co- I was going to say... Is it I it I think it's important to give students... Manipulation? Sh- choice? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Choices? <laughs> coercion? I get
1: what you're saying. Do you know what I'm saying? But I, it's I, I like go, I'm giving you choice, but I, I'm not really giving you a choice. Well, no,
0: but I think being transparent about it, which is why I don't think it's manipulation. I think as parents, okay. you can say, listen... It's not okay for you to spend your entire summer sitting on the living room binge watching TV shows. Okay, so we expect you to do to be out of the house for a certain amount of time. And here are some of the ideas that we think we've thought of. Okay, tell you what, we're gonna give you till Friday. You come up with 10 of your own ideas, and we're gonna talk about it on Friday. And then we're gonna sit down and say, Okay, cool. Like pick three of these that yeah, yeah. right? That kind of scaffolding, yeah, choice yeah. making. I think it's important. Like, it's not a free for all. You don't get to just like do whatever you want. Yeah. But I think there's middle ground between free for all and yeah, yeah, packing your kids' bags and yeah. And I think right. that I think
1: that with this situation in particular, like there was a lot of frustration about the lack of initiative that the student was taking. Yeah. Over their summer, right? Like these <sighs> were the things. Like it was like you're we see not that really. A lot. I mean, we see a right. lot of that. Like right? just avoidance, avoidant, it, avoidant, it, avoidant. It. Like if we let him, he won't do anything. So I understand because I know this situation intimately. Like why they made the judgment. Why they made the judgment. But I do feel like he didn't get as much as he would have if he at some point made the choice to be like, here are my choices for summer. And I would rather do this than some of these other things. Right. Yeah. But it was just a really interesting dichotomy to see these two different kids With the same amount of resistance early on to doing an Outward Band program, Mm -hmm. very similar.
0: It makes me think about the importance of sort of exposure to different things and what as a family you model, because sometimes when I'm working with students and thinking about summer planning in particular, because it's sort of a larger block of time they get to play with. And they're so not creative. They're like, I don't know. I'll do an internship. Okay, I'll just do an internship. (laughs) (laughs) My dad can get me an internship somewhere. What do you like to be around? (laughs) Could you volunteer? Do you love animals? Okay, here's 15 things related to animals. Do you love, right? So I think they'll need some brainstorming support, but that's different. And parameters, right? Mm -hmm. But that's different than sort of deciding for them. And I think you, ideally, in a perfect world, and it doesn't always, it often doesn't work this way right the level of agency and decision making in ninth grade doesn't look exactly the same as in 12th grade so if your 12th grader has no greater authority or ownership over their life right before they're about to go to college and they haven't done anything to make you feel like they're like they're not they haven't like gotten in trouble or like broken a bunch of rules like that's a problem part of this is like did you break any rules so me yeah no I mean it's like but if I had really strict parents see I didn't have parents my parents were like everything had to be a conversation Mm -hmm. so I had to kind of justify things explain yourself I had to explain things (laughs) and I had to have thought they wouldn't have really had a lot of patience for something that wasn't thought out my brother was a hot mess he got in trouble and I think my point is like there should be graduated levels of independence in high school because right we want to prepare them for the next phase of their yeah.
1: life and it speaks to parenting style too right you're th- you're talking about like an authoritarian yeah like, parenting style versus a very permissive parenting style like style and like that because i don't think has- your parents were permissive no i don't think your parents were permissive at all and i think that they were no. they were definitely i think in the good like the four square chart of where you're like supportive at high expectations, supportive. I think your parents were the high expectations, supportive well, parents. You, I mean,
0: you've heard my dad's episode some of you like, <laughs> yeah, the exactly. man asked so many questions that I have to like, <laughs> fine, forget it. I don't know. I can't, I can't No.
1: Right. And when you're, when you're low support, high expectations, that's oftentimes the authoritarian parenting style, authoritative, authoritarian, whatever, which mm-hmm. was my parents, which is really easy to rebel against. Oh, it's so easy. You want I mean, to you're really push against it. that,
0: right? And that's because you have a lack and of agency. that's developmentally appropriate, right? It's because, right, so the, the point of adolescence is to form your own unique identity in the world. That's the whole point of adolescence, right? And so that means individuation is happening throughout the period of adolescence, you know, puberty, mid-20s. There's It's a natural period of experimentation, of sort of trying things on for size and rejecting them or keeping them. And there needs to be recognition that that's appropriate behavior. So if you allow for none of that, right, you might get a Kathy Chen who Mm -hmm. rebels a lot, really hard, yeah. Or if you allow for because if there's kids need
1: need agency, they do need it, and when they don't have it, they are going to either just completely collapse under that authoritarian. Like, they're just like, I have no sense of self. I don't know how to make decisions. They're infantilized. Self.
0: That was going to be what I was going to say. They, infantilized. Beca- they become infantilized. They get, I mean, we worked with a lot of college students that are very mm. good at the game of school. They're good at performing school. They're not good at a lot of other parts of life.
1: Right. And because you're not, they've never been allowed to. We talk about independent learners, but you want independent thinkers too, right? Mm-hmm. It's not enough just to be an independent <laughs> learner. You have to be able to make decisions for yourself. And I just think that that as a parent, right, it's really good for you to question whether or not this is a, is this a question I have to answer for my child when they ask you? It's a good question. Right? Like. It's a good sort of like check. It's a check. I do it all the time coaching because kids are like, Calvi, do you think I should? And I have a response. I actually know the answer to that (laughs) in my mind. Like, oh yeah, you should. And I have to go, I have to pause. I have to be like, huh. Okay, so what is
0: it that you're really trying to figure out? Well, I think you just, the secret to coaching, right? And I do, in my executive coaching, when I work with adults, I get asked a lot to sort of tell them, well, how do I organize this retreat? Or like, how do I work with this difficult employee? And I'm almost always answering those questions with questions.
1: You have to. And that's, I think that's a skill as a parent too, is to really start Mm -hmm. noticing. Because when your kids are little, yes, they need you. They actually need your help.
0: They need right. you to tell them, like, what to do. Right. And and even teenagers. This is how we put dishes
1: in the dishwasher. This is whatever. Even teenagers, like, I actually don't know my social security number. Like, can you help me figure out where to find it? Like, what? there are actual questions that you can help answer. You can answer. Right. Versus, like, is this a question? Is this a question that I need to be answering for my child? Right? Because the more you do that, or is this a task I need to be doing for my child? If, if your kid says mom, I'm so hungry. Can you make me a snack? And if they're having a terrible day and it's just like a one-off thing and they need a little comfort snack and you want to do something nice with them, okay, fine. But if it's like over and over again, they just start expecting that you're my snack maker. That's your job. You're my snack maker. Yeah. Like you're my snack maker. You're my dinner maker. That was me. My mom was my dinner maker. I like was like, what? I have to, what? (laughs) I wouldn't, I would be so lost. Like I have to make my own food. My mom used to make my bed. Talk about okay Lucy Chen we're calling you out my mom used to make my bed until I left for college even when I came home even when I come home now I think yeah I mean it's how she shows her love right and so that's a good question for parents too it's like is the way that I am showing expressing my love and care for my child actually hurting them or holding them back from growing some of these skills that they need in life yeah right and so this is absolutely related to agency yeah absolutely even like who should be making the bed? What does the bedroom need to look like? Mm-hmm. Right? There is some agency. I mean, like, yes, if it's like, smells well, it's like. about
0: teaching <gasps> your child to be responsible for their own space, that their space has impact on other people. Yeah. It's.
1: They're part of a bigger community. They're part
0: of something bigger than just themselves and their opinions and their preferences mm-hmm. in that moment. They're part of a family unit. Mm-hmm. That's important. It's so so, important. That
1: family unit thing. Oh, my God. Because I do feel like we live in a very – coming from a Chinese immigrant family that is so collectivist and the way that it thinks about family and community. And I think – you can be, it It can go off the rails a little bit in that mm-hmm. you can put everybody's needs in front of your own, which I can be guilty of sometimes. Cause I'm just like, what I need doesn't matter. Like, what does everybody want? <laughs> right? right. Like right. I'm just here to make sure everybody is taken care of. Right. Versus a very individualistic approach, which is like, you take care of your shit. I'll take care of mine. Right. Wash your plate. I'm not washing your plate you wash your own plate, you don't have to wash my plates, right? This kind of like you take, I don't think that that approach Mm -hmm. is particularly helpful as well as kids start thinking about their relationship with the world outside of themselves, right? And it affects their agency as adults, I think, because yes, as an adult, you have a lot of agency because less people are telling you what you need to do and what you should do. But I do think it affects the way that
0: you... I think it affects your adult relationships big time. Work relationships, professional relationships, romantic relationships. It's huge.
1: Yeah. Like how you make your decisions. What do you consider when you're making a decision, right? What becomes a habit
0: of mind? I mean, I think why... I mean, there's lots of reasons why agency is good and encouraging is good. But like I think what you're trying to get at is it makes us more thoughtful people. Yes and more considerate measured people when we're able to practice decision-making and they're going to mess up. Thank you for wrapping that up for me, Meredith. No problem. But it's so
1: true because what we really want. Was I coercing
0: you or manipulating you? No, I I don't think
1: you were. I think you were being a very good listener. Okay. And a critical thinker. I think you did a good job. I'll try to be more coercive. Sometimes I need it actually, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm not good at that. I know, but I am. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I got you, don't worry. <laughs> I mm-hmm. did have, I did grow up with scary coercive parents, so really good at that. I just think that we don't necessarily think about the bigger impacts mm. of what giving young people agency means. And I think there are impacts that radiate out into their lives for sure. and for much longer than in their adolescence, right? So.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
1: So that's important to keep in mind. And that's why we have to practice our skills as adults to help young people develop their decision making skills. Right? Anyways, that's all I want to say. About I think
0: that. it's like life work, right? I still think I I would still like to believe that I am occasionally dusting off my decision making rubrics and like looking at them being like, Is this serving me? Am I doing this well? Oh, absolutely. And checking in with the people like you whom I trust and love and who I know have my best interest at heart. Say, like, what do you think? Right? Like absolutely there's lots of times it's hard to make a decision yeah like sometimes life especially as we get older right like life puts shitty situations in front of you that are just not they're messy or they're complicated and you and they're big decisions and they're big they're much bigger than where do i go to college yep and it's 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 a good seal to have it's good to have some practice before you face those kinds of decisions it's true
1: all right so all right
0: (laughs) all right that's our episode look at
1: us give your kids agency people
0: we're deciding to end. But don't let them do sleepaways with their, unsupervised with their friends. Don't let them play video games all weekend. Don't let them do unsupervised <laughs> sleepaways. If they tell you parents are home at a party, always check. if yeah. um, that's not true. <laughs> we should do an episode. 95% <laughs> of the time. We should but do it. But so those parents. Who cares? <laughs> we should do an episode on the
1: shady shit teenagers do.
0: <laughs> we should.
1: That would be a good episode. There's so much of it.
0: Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, let us know.
1: Thanks for listening.